The COVID-19 pandemic has all of us, especially the history community, looking to the past for ways to cope and emerge out of the darkness. Recently, we've seen the social effects of the pandemic lead to increased anti-Asian violence, especially against the more vulnerable elderly Asian community. But does this phenomenon have a precedent in past pandemics? Perhaps the most famous and fatal pandemic in all history is the Black Death, which occurred from roughly 1346 to 1353. Caused by the bubonic plague, it originated in Central Asia and swept through Eurasia, where it killed 75 to 200 million people. Though it's pretty well documented how the pandemic affected Europe as a whole, what about minority communities? How did communities who are vulnerable to violence during the Black Death cope and weather the hardship? Our guest today will answer this question and more on today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Rice Historical Review podcast. I'm Melissa Carmona, co-director of podcasting, joined with fellow co-directors Rajuta Valachey and Hisue Alvarenga. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Joy Wang, a senior at McMurtry College majoring in history and kinesiology, and the author of one of the papers which the RHR is publishing in our 2020-2021 edition. Today, we are discussing Joy's paper entitled Suffering and Resilience, The Jews of Spain and the Black Death. Joy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, thank you so much for coming on and taking the chance to speak with us today. Um, we really wanna highlight members of the Rice History community and obviously the authors in our edition this year. Um, so to go ahead and get started with our podcast, uh, can you give us a brief introduction to the topic and basic ideas of your paper? Yes, I would love to. Um, so my paper is focused on the Jews of Spain or the Sephardic Jews as they're known um, from the period of the plague known as the Black Death around 1348 to the end of the 14th century. Um, the Jews at the time were a minority in Spain, and so when the Black Plague swept through, um, not only did they have to deal with the consequences of the disease itself, um, but also a lot of the hate and scapegoating um, from many Christians who believed that Jews were causing the disease. And the idea that they were um, the Jews were poisoning the wells and water sources was a really prevalent kind of concept at the time, and so that resulted in a lot of looting and violence against the Jews. So then my paper looked at how the Jewish community in Spain dealt with the epidemiological and human attacks they faced. And I argue that from their liturgical poetry, medical tractates, um, and their economic roles following the period of the Black Death, they showed great resilience in coping with their losses. Yeah, that sounds great. And I, I definitely know that that time period in that area of Spain is very interesting for kind of the religious relations that were happening at the time. Um, can you, I, you, do you have any examples or maybe can you speak more to like what that relationship was like between maybe like Jews and Christians? And I also know Muslims were there at that time too. Yeah, I think the history of Spain is very interesting because there's this idea of convivencia or coexistence um, that is really unique that you don't see anywhere else. Like you mentioned, Christians, Muslims, um, and Jews. But that's that's to say it's a more romanticized um, kind of vision of what it actually was. Um, it was kind of more like a pragmatic kind of tolerance between um, each of the different religions. Sometimes they would form alliances with each other. Sometimes they would, um, there's a lot of conflict as well. It's, it's just sort of like, it's not the, like the beautiful golden harmony that you would imagine. There's a lot of strife both between the different religions and also within it. And so it's really interesting to see like how that kind of played out um, and the resulting consequences and histor historical ramifications from that. And I feel like the Jews as a minority in Spain, they were unlike the Muslims or the Christians who at one point was 
um, and a lot of in, in power and in control, the Jews never got to that position. So they were kind of always like caught in between um, Muslims and, and Christians. And then that resulted in a lot of, I think, how easy it was to scapegoat them, especially when the Black Death swept through. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Why, why did you choose this topic? Um, from a historical perspective, I was really looking for some parallels in our current situation of the pandemic and how people um, move forward and through that um, in the past. And I guess I was just really searching for like kind of hope and comfort in the historical resilience of humanity because obviously pandemics isn't, they aren't new, they're new to us, but to hum humanity in general throughout the long trend of history, um, we've, we've gone through that, we've survived and we're still, we're still surviving. So I think it turned out okay. Um, and I think my paper really also reflects this kind of hopeful and optimistic viewpoint when I'm discussing the resilience of the Sephardic Jews, because I found a lot of the parallels between the physical attacks and scapego scapegoating that the Jewish community was enduring during the Black Death, um, and also the xenophobia and hate that the Asian, Asian American community is experiencing in the US today. Um, and as an Asian American, I just took this opportunity to not only produce this historical essay, but also to draw um, inspiration and hope from the Sephardic Jews um, who, despite enduring suffering from both disease and violence, showed remarkable resilience. That's really incredible, um, as we talked about in the introduction. I feel like that's one of the core aspects of history, especially in like, you know, they always say unprecedented times like these. They're not exactly unprecedented. It just feels unprecedented because it's the first time we're living through that. Right. So kind of going into the subject matter of the paper, what are some of the primary sources that you utilized? Um, that's a really good question because I will say primary sources were very scarce <laughs> to find very, I feel like it's a very niche topic specifically. Um, so most of our primary sources were the liturgical poetry that um, Jews wrote regarding commemorating this event. Um, I have like one by Moses Nathan, I know. And then and then there's another one by um, Emmanuel. And these are a couple of the, these are the main um, primary sources that I based my research off of and analyzing kind of what, what these poems meant to their authors and to the community in general. And what language were the sources in like, were they in Spanish or Hebrew? I believe Hebrew, and it was, I got like a translation of that um, in another book. Okay, so would you mind maybe reading an excerpt of one of these poems for the audience to hear? Yeah, okay. Um, so this is an excerpt, excerpt from um, the poem by Emmanuel Ben Joseph, which is attributed to um, a lament for the anti-Semitic um, violence during the Black Death. And a couple verses, um, he is basically narrating what happened um, and drawing on biblical references. So before their eyes, they plunder their homes, houses filled with belongings. Those who sought their lives trapped them and slaughtered them like flocks of lambs. They were pressed in poverty, wretched in baseness, all were sent into exile, uttering wails and grief. Um, and here is, you kind of really see like how heavily he draws from biblical references when he says, the glory that has shaded them departed, their honor fell. In their misfortune, they went in hunger and thirst. Their faces grew dark and unrecognizable. They were buried alive. They had a terrible descent. Catch their fall, O rock, just as you scatter them. Illuminate their darkness, creator of all. 
purify their hearts and straighten their path, wipe out their debt and take away their sins. And you see kind of the, for me, the poem really kind of illustrates how um, they're tying this into a biblical reference to kind of make sense of their suffering. But there's also hope at the end in the way he is pleading with God to please come and save them. That's interesting because it connects to the very long like historical tradition of the Jewish people, especially through like the Old Testament. They're, I believe they're one of the um, few ancient groups who recorded their like experiences through this religious lens and try to make sort of sense of it using their God. And that's they always see themselves in history as opposed to many other religious groups. So I find it really interesting how it connects to that greater um religious and cultural context. For sure. I actually have a small question kind of going off the point Rajuda like brought up about like a religious lens. Um, but did you see this playing like any unique role like whenever you were kind of like reading through literature or like, you know, like looking at this primary source kind of like reading for like this historical happening through the lens of like religious groups? Um, you mean like besides the Jews? Or yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure if this like question is super clear or pertinent, but like, I was just curious about that. I mean, I didn't, cause I feel like I only looked at the Jews. Like I didn't, I didn't focus that much like on like the Muslims or the Christians um, during this time, but like, I, I would not be surprised that if this, I'm actually like, I, I'm, I almost want to bet that like for Christians, at least like there was like tying of this, like um, this, the black pig, black plague to some sort of like divine punishment um and I could completely be just like misremembering and like fabricating evidence but I feel like I do remember that part of the reason they scapegoated the Jews was that they believed that the Jews had done something horrible to offend God and that like because of that like everybody was getting punished and that was part of the reason why they were scapegoating I can also add a little bit to that I know that um a lot of like a lot of Christians, especially in like poor rural communities, interpreted it as like the apocalypse. And so various like communities responded differently. So some people went with like full on hedonism because they figured that the end was near so that they were just going to drink, dance and be merry until they died. Whereas other people saw that they needed to repent for their sins. So they would like flog themselves and walk around with the scars on their back in an attempt to show their piety in the hopes that they would be saved. That's interesting, Rajuda. Do you know like what part of Europe that was in or like just broad Europe? I believe Western Europe. That's mm -hmm. the context that I know it from. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that was a little off topic, but then the next <laughs> question is, uh, what's the most interesting thing um, that you learned throughout the course of, you know, researching and writing for this paper? I mean, I learned that I was a really slow writer. Um, but I think you you meant more in context of like the contents of the paper. Um, and I think to me, the most interesting thing is, I guess, like the historical parallels and how you see um, kind of like the human tendencies in historical patterns of scapegoating and blaming during these like huge crises, because we see that now um, with um, the Asian American community and then also back then with the Jews. Um, and just like sort of the relevance that it has in terms of like power dy dynamics and politics for minority groups. Um, so I found that like a very interesting analysis. What were some of the challenges you faced writing this paper? Um, like I mentioned before, I think it was definitely hard to find primary sources because I feel like this is a very 
almost like niche topic. And even in talking about the Black Death in general, um, there has been a lot of studies done on Europe in general, on um, Britain and Germany, but on Spain specifically, there wasn't, I didn't find, you know, like a great many uh, literature on this. So it really did feel like a lot of like piecing small bits of information from other papers that were like more in a broader context and then trying to like um, put it together. I will say Susan um, Einbinder's book, that was kind of like the main inspiration behind this. Like she did a really good analysis um, of um, the Jews of Spain uh, after the Black Death. And so I kind of just built off of her argument and extended that even further. What book is that? Um, it's called After the Black Death. And basically it's, she she talks about the ways that the um, the Jews have sort of, she focuses a lot on like the liturgical and um, the liturgical um, aspect or the liturgical sources of like the Jews. And that's where I got my primary sources from. Um, but it basically, she's talking about how like the event did not essentially like break the Jews. Like there wasn't a break from before the plague to after where it like fundamentally changed them. It was just kind of like they they kept moving forward um, and for whatever reason that, that was. And I really just heavily took from this and then built off of it and extended it even further. Well, thank you for filling the gap in the literature, I have to say. And by publishing, by publishing <laughs> this paper in the Rice Historical Review, it's available to pretty much anybody who looks it up online. So, yeah, I'm I'm so grateful for this opportunity to to publish this because and to like give voice um, to something that I feel like has been overlooked a lot in Spanish history. So, and we've been kind of touching on this like bit by bit um, throughout our interview, but how is the topic of your paper relevant today? Um, I mean, I, I, th I think it is so relevant today because we are in a pandemic and because we're seeing the same type of, um, like the human tendency to find kind of the cause to blame. And even though it's like, you know, now it's not so much that like, this is divine punishment, although there's still some sentiments of that, I think, um, um, in certain groups, but it's, it's, it's more just like finding something to blame and to, to, you know, for really finding that origin, whether it's like the location and then associating the people from that location with it, um, or for whatever the case, but really seeing how for minority groups, when, when we are in a crisis, such as the one that we're in now, um, who, who, who bears the brunt of the blame and who, who bears the consequences the most, so. I will say I really liked your point whenever you were talking about the book when you said that like, even though, you know, like the Jewish population was like scapegoated for this, like at the end of the day, like that didn't like break them. Um, like they still kind of like survived and went through it. And I think that, you know, speaks a lot like to today. I think like COVID-19 obviously like, pinned it, like put a really like big like challenge on a lot of groups um, for a lot of different reasons. But at the end of the day, I think it was like a testament to a lot of like humanity that you know arose out of it and just like how like you know populations can survive even like after terrible events so yeah very very um, well said yes exactly i definitely thought that was like a really good um, point in your paper thank you joy for taking the time to speak with us today we hope that this semester will be a productive one for podcasting and we can feature more members from the rice history community we also want to thank our listeners for tuning in today don't forget to check out the rice historical review virtual edition alongside picking up your hard copy, which is coming soon. In the meantime, check out our other podcasts and short form pieces at www.ricehistoricalreview.org. Thank you for listening, and remember, you further the future by promoting the past.